coffee does something to the mind. For some, it energizes and helps them think. For others, it helps calm them down and take away the day. For these two ladies, we still haven't figured out what it does. I think everything moved out pretty quickly. <laughs> it either went up or it went down. <laughs> Join us as two best friends with differing opinions take on life, faith, fear, and everything in between. Packed up my whole set of car keys and sent it to Jeg. Thank you for saving me all this money. Here's my car. <laughs> this is the Unstable Brew. Hello, and welcome back to the Unstable Brew, where we discuss all things not quite normal brewing up in our lives, this world, and maybe even beyond. I'm Taylor. And I'm Charity. Let's get brewing. I'm very proud of you for not doing one of your anime voices right there. I fully expected you to come in and just be like, hello. So... <laughs> They only happen when I don't fully think about it, uh, if yeah. it makes sense. Like, nine times out of ten when I end up doing some of my, like, weird voices that, like, this is honestly the first time, like, I've seriously tried to, like, do it in front of people because I'm very, I'm very self-conscious about <laughs> it. I don't, I don't even do it in front of Matt. So, like, yeah. I feel so, like, And happy. now Daniel gets to hear them, so you didn't think about that, did you? I mean, I kind of I, on it. Look, okay, I selfishly did because here's the thing: I did it selfishly because I have a secret, hidden dream that I have like never really said to people, and it's one of those things of like it's such a stupid dream that I never think would ever happen in my entire life. I'm like, there's like absolutely no way. But if it did, it'd be f cool. Oh. Is I think it'd be super fun to be a voice actor. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. It would be so much fun. But um, I know that that is, like, not even a possibility in the realm. But, like, I figured for, like, internet reasons and TikTok I mean, content, we can use the chaotic videos. We'll I, see what happens. I mean, I do know a person. No, I'm good. <laughs> I've been friends for 10 years now. 10 years. I can't get rid of you now. <laughs> that that post came up today where it was like 10 years ago was our very first girls date and i'm just like we were so cute and little we were babies we were babies oh my gosh i look at the look i look at those pictures <clears throat> from back then and i see myself and i go dang i was cringe i was unhealthy I, I was very unhealthy at that time it was like i was at my peak health while simultaneously being at my least health yeah because like i worked out like crazy but i also ate nothing <laughs> yeah two and two don't go well no <laughs> i'm just gonna start by letting you explain how uh your week has gone charity because honestly what more of an update can we discuss on that <laughs> so i'm gonna put a disclaimer out there first off trigger warning if heavily ptsd you know maybe maybe skip this part of the podcast okay. before um, we start is daniel aware that you were planning on talking oh about yes this? okay I've, I've already discussed it with him to make sure that everything was fine okay okay I, I wanted know to what be I sure can cannot say i wanted I've to be sure prepped um good, good radio said, man yes that being said i guarantee you whatever our audience thinks i am about to say they're wrong. <laughs> I am like so I'm concerned because all I could do was sit here and like be hours away and yeah. just make sure and freak out for you guys. Oh, we were freaking out too. So what happened was Monday, I get a call from my husband at about 3.45, somewhere in there. And I'm at work. He's supposed to be up at the church, like, just working on some random projects. So he calls me, and I'm like, hey, what's up? And immediately I can tell something's off. He's, like, completely panicked, but he's trying to be calm. So I'm yeah. like, what's going on? He goes, so I'm with mom. We're going to Dallas. Dad's hotel exploded. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm sorry, what? What? 
he's fine. We've talked to him. Like, he, he seems okay. I think he was in shock, though, but we're going to Dallas. And I'm like, can I come with you? Like, he's like, yeah, sure, fine. Just get in the car. I'll be there in like two minutes. Be ready. And I'm like, okay. And he hangs up. And I'm just like sitting there processing what I just heard. And I'm like, his hotel exploded? And so if you have not heard this yet, on Monday around 3.30 something, not really clear what time, the Sandman Hotel in downtown Fort Worth literally exploded. My father-in-law was there for a work conference. His entire job was supposed to be meeting up for this conference and his team specifically was at the Sandman Hotel. They had some media guys there that were supposed to connect them in with the rest of the teams that were meeting elsewhere across across the country. And so they were in a room up on the second floor. By some miracle, their group had gone on break. So the majority of the people that were supposed to be in that conference room were currently elsewhere in the hotel. So there were only five people in the room when this happened. But so they're on break. They're just casually in the room talking when literally out of nowhere, it explodes. And my father-in-law said basically he remembers dropping to the floor and not being able to see even like a foot in front of his face. He thinks he hid under the desk. Um, and then they somehow then began to manage to try and make their way outside of the room. He said he looked up. Apparently the wall was gone and it was just street. Mind you, they're on the second floor. So had they been disoriented enough, he could have just like walked, walked, straight out, just walked straight out and been in the street. But so they tried to make their way down and him and his boss go one way. I guess the rest of the team went another way and him and his boss are trying to like there's light up strips on the carpet that they're trying to follow because otherwise they really can't see anything between the smoke and power being out. And they try to make their way downstairs they make it about halfway down the stairs and then the stairs are gone and the floor where the stairs are supposed to go is gone and everything at this point is just rubble oh my gosh they then proceeded to jump from where they're at on the stairs down to the first floor and just hope that the rubble holds when they land Oh because my otherwise, gosh. like, they're they're up there. Yeah. And my father-in-law said at one point, like, he remembers being on the stairs and thinking, okay, maybe we need to turn around. He was worried that, you know, they'd left people in the room. Right. And he wanted to go back and check on them. And his boss is like, no, we need to keep going. We don't go back. This place has exploded. We don't know why it's exploded. We need to leave. So he kept, you know, helping him to move forward, which was great because... They didn't leave anybody behind, as far as I know. Good. Uh, it was just very much a let time to get out type deal. So they get out of the hotel at this point, and they realize, like, the entirety of the front part of the hotel, it's like an 18-story hotel, and the damage goes up, I think, to the third floor. It was um, pretty massive. Like It was it pretty was, massive. I could... There was a lot. I was shocked when I was seeing the pic- pictures the on social media. The is horrifying they think that the explosion came up from the basement which there's a restaurant in the basement and once again it's like it's a god thing truly because the restaurant was closed i did see that i did see had that restaurant been open yeah and they had just had lunch in that restaurant two hours before this happened wow had this restaurant exploded while it was open People would have died. Yeah, because it was coming from the the explosion was from the bottom. When it exploded, it hit so hard that the concrete sidewalk in front of the hotel was gone. Like we're talking like a two feet thick sidewalk, 10 to 15 feet of it is demolished. 
and you can see straight down into the basement. I'm not going to lie. Whenever I was seeing the pictures on social media, my first immediate thought was they must have been doing construction. And yeah. then I saw that they had finished. And so that's when I went, wait, if that's true. Also, why would they have the like, why would they have the concrete or the the sidewalk exposed like that? Because I realized yeah. it was the like the it was metal. the grating. It, yeah, I realized it was the grating in the metal steel whatever that keeps the infrastructure up i was like oh my gosh so what was crazy the way that my father-in-law was explaining all of this was you have all of the rubble all of the big pieces of debris are outside of the hotel all of the glass is inside of the hotel all of the injuries that were reported from inside the hotel were glass injuries so basically what happened was when it blew everything blew out but the and then glass. the suction happened and blew everything back in, all of the light stuff, which meant all the glass, right. just became shrapnel. Jeez Louise. I'm still impressed that, still to my knowledge, I haven't seen any more updates that only, there were only 21 injuries. Yeah. And no and deaths. no casualties. Like, how does that even happen? And that's just where, again, you get to this... For me, 100%, it's a God thing because they just happened to be on break. The restaurant just happened to be closed. Yeah. Nobody happened to have been walking on that sidewalk when it was launched into the air. Very true. Like anybody could have been standing right there. Anybody could have been outside at any, like. It had the potential to to be be much, much much worse. worse. And I still, and nobody can fathom the fact that nobody died from this yeah there were severe injuries including you know my father-in-law's boss he had a bad gash to his head luckily my father-in-law did not have any severe injuries but the ptsd from this between him and all of his team members are going to be terrible yeah i i imagine I'm probably overstepping my grounds, but I would not be surprised with knowing and understanding how sensitive and compassionate your father-in-law is that I can only imagine that by the time he finally got to go home and it was just him and your mother-in-law, that's probably when he broke down. I mean, that that's the only thing that I can imagine because he is a very strong but very sensitive man. He is because Daniel's like that. We So getting to him was interesting. Throughout this entire process, he did not have his phone. He left everything in the building, which, you know, fire, explosion. You probably should do that. Just get up and leave. Don't yep. worry about anything else. So he's been using other people's phones the entire time to get a hold of us. And to let us know what's going on. But because of that, we couldn't contact him. It was very difficult. So we were able to pick him up. Like his his sister, Daniel's aunt, picked him up. And we were able to contact him at that point to figure out where we were going next. We all met up at one of our cousin's apartment. And from there, you could just see like his shirt was tattered. He had other people's blood on him. He had glass in his ear and it was just, it was so chaotic, but he was just sitting there and you could tell he was really trying to be strong. Yeah. But I could also tell he was probably still in shock at Absolutely. this point and processing the fact that he just survived an explosion. Yeah. Not only is this something that most people never experience, when people do experience it, they don't typically walk away. No. And so again, the fact that there was only 21 injuries and no casualties. It's every a miracle. Se- it was a miracle and every single one of those souls were protected. 100%. So the next day, I think it's when it really hit him. He was talking to my husband on the phone and he's like, you know, I'm looking at these photos and, you know, I was having the PTSD dreams and all that. And he goes, it's really hitting me what it was that happened and I think every day it hits him a little bit more and more but it's just it's been a crazy week dealing with the aftermath of that I imagine every day we learn a little bit more as to the causes of it we're trying to figure out you know next steps as to his healing yeah his team's healing his team though they're taking it in stride 
Um, so do they cope with dark humor? Is that what's about? Randy does, <gasps> and I have never been more proud because we know me. I cope with dark humor, and knowing how he wants to handle this makes me so proud. Oh my gosh! Can you share? Oh, one hundred percent. Oh, thank so you. This is this was his boss's very first training session. Uh huh. Which. Doesn't that suck? <laughs> if you if you sounds like run, it was a huge hit. <laughs> yeah, if you've ever run explosive. a explosive, it was explosive. It was a blast. <laughs> <laughs> so, we're allowed to joke. We're allowed to joke. We no. lived through it. It's fine. No, Nobody we're allowed died. to. Yeah, I was about to say no one died, so <laughs> it's fine. So he, I'm trying to grasp my train of thought. So basically. It was his boss's first training session, which if you've ever done training, you know, it's a little nerve wracking. But you know what? If you've never done one where it exploded, I guess you've done something right. <laughs> so Randy wants to make T-shirts that say, I survived Adam's first training session. And on the back, he's going to put, it was a blast. <gasps> oh my gosh! the rest of your team is doing with all of this but at very least you gotta make that shirt for yourself because <laughs> that is amazing that's an inside joke that only they will grasp even in their elderly years they're gonna wear this and there's gonna be like who the f- is this person and why was it explosive and they're gonna pull up the article i survived this My bitch gosh. and i'm just like but think of the stories you have for your grandson now. You never went to war, but you survived a hotel conference. It was explosive. It was a blast. Oh, my gosh. Oh, what's really sad is one of their team members was also in the restroom when it happened. Do you think he had any problems? <laughs> I think everything moved out pretty quickly. <laughs> it either went up or it went down. <laughs> oh, my heaven. So it's been a fun week. How's your week going? <laughs> not quite as explosive as yours. Oh, it's not been a blast. It hasn't been destructive. <laughs> oh. oh, my gosh. I'm... I mean, nothing, <sighs> nothing too crazy. Just got told to have more responsibility, get to take more ownership at work. It's fun. It's fine. But I see you've coped with color. Yes. <laughs> yes, I, I did. I love it. I did it's it on so Friday. Bright. It's beautiful. I did it on Friday. Um, I had someone else do the bleaching of my hair because I don't trust myself. Um, it's why the ends kind of have a little bit more of like a purplish but it's beautiful. It. It's like a bright fuchsia, um, like a hot pink. Oh, yeah. I, I'm perfectly fine with it. I love it. I, I'm like, I didn't want her to over process my hair. So I was like, if there's still like a little blue or green left, just leave it. The yeah. pink will cover it. Like, I don't care. The pink will cover it up and it'll just be something fun. And I'll eventually get it cut out whenever I go get a haircut. So I'm pretty chill when it comes to my hair but i love it to an extent okay i won't completely color my hair um i pretty much only feel comfortable bleaching what is bleached because it looks great because you've got your natural in the back and you've got the party essentially up front but Mm -hmm. what it does is it frames your face yep it colors your face it adds color and light and features Mm mm-hmm while also still keeping it professional yeah. and looking very nice in the back. I think I, I like found, it. I think I found, and I, Bob Ross, this, this is, I am the <laughs> uh, creator of how this is bleached. It's super fun trying to explain my process to other, to like hair professionals. They don't quite grasp what I'm saying, but eh, it's fine. It's your own process. That's but, cool. But um, I just don't, I, I, I don't want to be the person who, ble- who uh, fries their own hair. Yeah. No, I don't blame you on that one bit. Yeah. But um, I have established that pink is definitely my more favorite color. It's more fun. It actually does make me look like I have more color than I do. do. Um, So this might be like a permanent thing. We'll see. I like it a lot. I mean, at this point, we've seen 
We've seen all colors of the rainbow. Almost kind of. I've seen I've, you with bright red hair. Yes, I've seen you with blue in your hair. Yep, you had green in it for I a little did, bit. I did, and I've done purple, but mm-hmm. pink is the I one. I like pink the best. Pink is the one that has lasted the longest, and pink is the one that's had a comeback. So I think I'm gonna stick with pink. I never saw myself wanting to go yellow or orange or yellow would wash you out. Any of so bad. Any of that orange stuff might not actually look bad on you. Fall colors look good on me. Yeah. I'm a fall aesthetic. Yeah, but the pink works very well because it, it literally, it like it puts makeup on you. It yeah. brightens up your cheeks. And I don't wear makeup, so it's like I great. I love it. Yeah. In today's episode, we want to discuss a hot topic in most households throughout America. College debt. Do you have it? Are you paying on it? Do you think it should be forgiven? You know, I often hear the argument that if a person didn't go to college, that they shouldn't have to be pay- have to be paying for someone who made the choice to go to college because ultimately it is a choice, um, despite the fact of what everybody seems to want to tell you. Uh, but I've also heard the argument typically from the older generation of, well, I worked through college. Why can't you work through college. Why don't you just get a job or get two jobs or, you know, take less classes and pay for it as you go. And it's like they don't even realize that things have changed since then. And like, can you do that? Yeah. But is it going to take 20 years to do it? Probably. It's going to take a long time. It's it is very difficult. It's very difficult to do. And you have to have a lot of support from a lot of family, which not a lot of people have. Correct. It's the argument basically of if no one helped me, why should I help you? Especially in a day and age where it's shoved. First off, yeah. First off, that the fact that we live in an era where it's difficult to go to college, despite the fact that it's literally shoved down our throats that you need to go to college. I've only known that college was my only choice my entire life college or military yeah those are my two options throughout my entire life from like early on is like you either go to college or you join the military and yeah. i learned very early on i'm too squishy <laughs> to be in the military like don't yell at me i will cry i'm a sensitive <laughs> bitch believe it or not i know it's shocking <sighs> but i can't do the military so instantly my other choice is college Okay, I was told I had to go to college. College was really important. It was important to my grandmother. It was important to my mother. My both, all three of my uncles have gone to college. However, my grandfather went to trade school. Yeah, he's an electrician, and and electricians make bank. And on top of the fact, eventually he ended up moving out. If he wasn't installing, he was selling. Yeah, so he was like working on big contracts, like major construction type contracts contracts likely without a college degree correct but Um, people don't make it known that that's even a possibility but it was shoved down my throat on top of the fact it was shoved down my throat in such a way of like oh you can apply for financial aid Mm -hmm. so that's what i did i didn't have to that was a dumb up on my end and we can talk about that down the line but it was still the fact of even in early adolescent years it was drilled into me college or nothing yeah if you didn't get a college degree in my family you were worthless yeah and so the fact that society is constantly telling us that we need to get this college degree you would think that it would be beneficial for society to make it free or to forgive the debt that's already there but then you also have the people that are like well i didn't go to college i did go to the trade school why should i have to pay for someone who did make the choice to go to college and i do understand their sentiment on that i really do i do also but at the same time like doesn't it still help our society but like there's so many arguments to both sides and i get both sides of it i don't know it it, it'll make for an interesting discussion Mm. so let's discuss do you want to start no, you can start. You, you want to start? No. <laughs> I don't want to be in this kind of spotlight. Uh, so the question is first, do you have student debt? Unfortunately. Mm-hmm. So do I. I think I was doing a little bit of research on it, and I was slightly surprised, slightly not surprised by the amount. I think it was like almost 44 million Americans do have student debt. 
most of it's averaging like around 37,000. Yeah. I know people that have way more. I know a few people that have less. But I think I'd say I have about the average. The average is, yeah, yeah, about that much. I know I sit in the average with my student debt that I stupidly have. Yeah, your story on it is a little bit out there. And it irritates the fire out of me for someone who knows financial literacy and wants to teach it to people. So here's the thing. First off, there's something to be said about the fact that we are teenagers expected yep. to sign this stuff without having a full understanding and financial of the replications. literacy is not taught to these teenagers signing up this stuff that is so being predatorily shoved on them so i was a teenager and went oh free money that i can just pay off in my adult years and didn't fully comprehend until it was far too late what I had signed up for. I sold my soul to be in crushing debt for the rest of my life. Student debt. America! So, there's <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah, I mean, it. when you first told me that, too, back when we were in college, I was shocked because you had the Hazelwood. You had this mm-hmm. ability to do college and end up debt-free. And the fact that they literally told you, well, this way you don't have to have a job. This way you get to, you know, do your college and not have to worry about working and you'll just have this money given to you and then you can just pay it back later. They made it sound like a gold mine, Mm -hmm. like free money to this teenager who has no idea how money works, who has no idea how loans work, who has never been taught how any of this stuff is supposed to be paid back in the future with interest and unfair interest at that. It infuriates me how society then treats you as someone who has student loan debt of, well, why aren't you paying that back? How dare you not pay this back? How dare you take it out in the first place as if it wasn't shoved in our face as the only option and then it's the you only graduate option. from college and it takes you six years to get a good job. It's the only option for you to get a quote unquote good job. And that mm. used to be the case many years ago when college was kind of more of a luxury instead yeah. of a standard. And I think that's it's part of it. It's like you went to it. college to become... A teacher which was supposed to pay well, you went to college to become a lawyer, to become a doctor, to get these high-end jobs. Yeah. As opposed to the quote-unquote blue-collar jobs where you worked in a coal mine or you worked as an electrician. And the thing is, is people um undervalue blue collar mm-hmm. jobs they blue-collar are, jobs are some of the best jobs out there they're the, some of yeah it's long hours and um, a lot of them are hard work but they are some of the most better paid people and the thing is is a lot of blue collar workers that i've interacted with that i've had the pleasure of interacting with are f- intelligent Oh, yeah, they're incredibly smart. They are so smart. I guarantee you the lack of college degree does not equal the lack of brains. Correct. They're incredibly intelligent people. They just prefer to work with their hands. They prefer to do the things that they do. They would have rather graduated from high school, get out there, and immediately get to work and start their lives rather than quote-unquote, wasting another four years of life in school. Correct. Yeah. And being... Massive amounts of debt. Debt. So do you pay on your debt? I don't. Yeah. I don't. And that is... Did you pay on it before the freeze? No. And there's a reason behind that is um, with my debt, I will be transparent. I have roughly $35,000 in student loan debt. Mm -hmm. Um, So I am part of that average. And... When I was at the point where you had to pay it back, um, they were kind of guesstimating how much my monthly payments would be. And for $35, they were saying that my monthly payments would be about $350. Yeah. So that's a car note. Yeah. A cheap car note. Um, and you're a part of a family that at that time could only afford one car and you're that you didn't even pay monthly payments on. Uh, yeah, we had we had two cars. Um, we had cars, but we weren't making any payments on them because they were 
that were given to us. So we're lucky yeah. on that. But it was still $350 that I couldn't really spare because I was not getting paid a livable wage yeah. while trying to pay rent, while trying to pay utilities, while trying to be able to afford food. So because I was not getting paid that much, I could apply for what's called an income-based repayment plan. Mm-hmm. And you have to apply for that every single year. So you have to be on top of submitting that application. Otherwise, it'll bump it right back up without Correct. even talking to you. Um, I actually ran into that one year where I didn't uh, apply fast enough. I forgot to. And they tried to charge me. And I immediately was just like, absolutely not. Yeah. I like any and every form that you could find to communicate to them that I was not able to afford this payment. I sent it to them. I sent them a letter. I sent them an email. I called like I did everything to be like, I cannot do this. Please put me on this plan. So um, I have not had to pay anything. That's good. However, <laughs> things might change come 2025 just because of mine and my husband's uh, financial status yeah it's it's about to be in a changing process and it's going to be in a changing process to more as of now things can always change um i will most likely have to start making payments here soon and even then i still don't know if we can afford it yeah and that's the sad thing and the scary thing too because it's like as you do better in life your stance kind of begins to grow so like now you do have car notes you and your Mm -hmm. husband both have a car that you make payments on so it's like yeah you're doing better so you should be able to make these payments but at the same time because you're doing better you have to have better cars which means you probably have to have a car note but then because you're now paying on two car notes now it takes away from being able to pay on those student loans and it's like this vicious cycle it is and it doesn't help when student debt like student College has gotten, in my opinion, outrageous for cost. Oh, it is. And I think I even saw a, a study on that where it was like 70% of America of Americans believe that the cost of higher education at this point is outrageous. It is. There's no reason it for it. It is unreasonable in many different ways. Um, some of the grievances that every college student, every person who's ever attended college will understand this. I didn't understand the concept of renting books until I was already within a year and a half of college where I was buying books. I think I was one who introduced you to renting books. I believe you were. And that was a godsend. You're welcome. (laughs) Because I ran into so many infuriating instances of spending two, three, four hundred dollars on a book for a semester for me to then go sell it back and not even get the money that You'd I spent on it. You'd be lucky if you got it. like 50 or $70 on for top this, of the you fact, paid 400 for it. On top of the fact, you run into the chance they may not buy that book back mm-hmm. because it's now an outdated version. Yep. Yeah. Buying, purchasing college books alone is a scam, in my opinion. It is oh, another predatory way to convince young folks to spend more money. It's forcing them to spend four to five hundred dollars. Uh, my mom had one book that cost her eight hundred dollars for a book that they might only read for like not even the entire semester, but like a month out of the entire semester. Yep. And then you can't take it back. You can't find anyone else to buy it because they're no longer covering that Correct. book in the class. It's incredibly frustrating. I got very very good at skipping out on book costs i found knockoff websites i used Chegg a lot for like um renting they were my last go-to place if i could not find it on all these discount sites that i found i was very good i had one year where i had like this 400 dollars book that i had to get and i found it on some knockoff website for 14 dollars. nice i was I, so proud of myself i only used check i didn't look anywhere else mostly because i liked the convenience of they send you a box with everything in i think they'd I've, also send you like study stuff so yeah. like Red Bull and snacks and so it they kind of cater to like the poor college student yeah. um which was pretty nice but i also always kept the box because it was just as convenient of you keep the box you put the books back in it and then you print off the label and send it back that look you're giving me tells me you've thrown the box away more times than once oh worse 
<laughs> I'm trying not to cry because I'm laughing so hard. I'm so one year I, I kept the box. I would put the books in there. I slapped the label on it. I sent it off only to find out two hours later. I sent it with my car keys. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Packed up my whole set of car keys and sent it to Chegg. Thank you for saving me all this money. Here's my car. <laughs> oh my gosh. It was it was amazing. Yeah, I was proud of myself on that one. And people were surprised when I was ADHD diagnosed. Like, come on, man. People were surprised with your diagnosis? Oh. No one was. <laughs> I was about to say, no one's been surprised about mine. They're like, congratulations. It's about dang time. <laughs> we knew this already. Oh, my gosh. I I paid on my student loans for a while when my husband and I were first married. Um we were both blessed enough to have good enough jobs to be able to afford it. Yeah. Um, and of course, at that time, we also weren't in quite the debt that we're in now. Like, we're not in bad debt. We're, I'd say we're about average when You're it comes to credit You're probably average. Um, but at this point, so, you know, we've got a more expensive car just for the fact that we now have a family that we need to be able to support and take on long trips and stuff yeah um as well as we both have jobs that require us to have a a larger car mostly for him because he does a lot of traveling for his job so it's one of those of yeah we're doing better but again it circles back to we've had to pay on a lot of extra stuff so we don't really have the extra money to be able to pay for the student loans like, I think what I'll end up doing likely is applying for what you talked about, the... Income. Yeah, the income basing. I don't think I'll be able to get away scot-free with a zero monthly payment. No. But maybe I can knock it down from the, I think, $700 a month that they're expecting me to pay right now. Ooh. Yeah. Which doesn't make any sense because mine is not much more than yours. I think I owe like 3700 or 3700 37000 so, Honestly, my payments might be higher at this I, point. Honestly, I've, I've not just... truly looked at it. But that's also another interesting point is like before the freeze, before COVID, I think it was estimated that like 60 some odd percent of Americans that had student debt paid on that debt. Since it was unfrozen in October, 20 yeah. percent are making payments. yeah. So the question is, are people just going to force the forgiveness by not paying? I'll join that. And what impact is that going to have on us? I don't know. I don't know what impact it has, but I also just think it's kind of hilarious that Americans at this point are just like, no. What are you going to do? You have to think about it. (laughs) Before the freeze and before COVID, we had this fear that if we don't pay this off, if we don't pay towards this, something crazy, something drastic is going to happen. Exactly. However, whenever the freeze happened, whenever COVID happened, it ended up causing an influx in a few different areas. Mm-hmm. This is all me talking from my side, my theory. One of those was being of it was a payment that freed people up Yep. that they didn't have. And so with COVID, they were then forced to have to put that money towards other means. And it also kind of freed them up in certain areas to splurge a little bit more. They kind of took it as an opportunity to jump on things they didn't have before. Yeah. You can think about the fact that we went three years of not having to make any form of payments. And guess what? Our economy didn't crumble. Exactly. With that freeze, with it not being paid and with the economy not crumbling, instead, we are now experiencing severe inflation right now. Oh, yeah. So when you couple all of that together, we have now reached a breaking point of the people who could pay can no longer pay. They are past the point of being able to pay because now they're trying to keep up with rent. They're trying to keep up utilities. I remember the first apartment that Matt and I ever got, we paid $7.25. And now those exact same apartments we looked at whenever we were moving back um, were easily close to 1000 And that was a one-bedroom apartment. 
Um, yeah, it's and it's if you look at ridiculous, if the you inflation. just if you just look at rent alone, just rent alone, because there's no cap on rent price, which is I think also ridiculous. It's you can't find a place for less than a thousand dollars, and if you do, you better have your own form of security because that place is not going to offer it to you. 100%. You have to be make the choice of do I pay more in rent to have a decent home or do I try to go as cheap as possible and potentially put myself at risk? Matt and I are blessed enough that our rent's 1200 That's incredibly cheap for our area. Oh, yeah. Incredibly Which is also sad cheap. we don't live... In a very large area. No. We live in a very small town that is hours away from any major city. I say hours away. It's like 30 An minutes. An hour. Yeah. But I mean, the point of the matter is, if that's how much we are paying, how much do they expect them to pay? Because it's always more expensive in a city. So you also have to think about, we're paying 1200 for a house. My mother-in-law is paying 1400 for a three-bedroom apartment. That's insane. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, so how? So when you think about just the cost of living alone, how can they expect us to to pay? S- to pay? We are about to reach a breaking point at this point because, mm-hmm. and I remember back in like 2016, 2017, there was a question of there being, you know, there was a, a housing bubble that popped back in 2008. Yeah, that caused that recession. there was a question of, will the next one be the student loans? Well, it managed to make it all the way to 2020, and then everybody just forgot about that, moved on to COVID. So now we're coming back. And like you said, that's that's not just your thinking. I I watch the news a lot in the mornings, and they discuss this. They discuss this in depth over, over the fact that we have seen us not make a single payment over the past three years and it's not really affected the economy as a whole so for the average person struggling to buy groceries they see it's not really affecting the economy that much why are they gonna rush back to pay for it correct additionally these are people that have been able to open up businesses to be able to afford a house to afford a nicer car to be able to make it to this better job and you want them to now start paying back on this loan that they can no longer afford to do because they put their money in the economy elsewhere. Yep. It's it's almost ridiculous. It is. And we'll also like to add the fact, just kind of another stab that we get to experience that I don't know, unless you have student loans, people know. Um, student loans like to move your crap around. Oh, yeah. Because we started off at Navient. Navient. And, and then now, Navient got sued. So now... We, I'm at Ed, Advantage. I, I think that's where I'm at. A lot of people that were with Navient got moved over to another company and then another company and then everything froze and then a lot of companies shut down and it was moved over to where we're at now half the time you don't even know who you're paying anymore no it's kind of ridiculous i just kind of wait for the emails to come through go through the website make sure i sign in honestly the website looks just like navy and they just kind of rebranded probably that's really that's what that's really what it looks like is they just rebranded like the logo is not that much different the color scheme is like a few shades off the layout exact same i'm pretty sure it's just kind of like that makes my skin crawl but like with a skin on it it's kind of wild so the real question in all of this is do you think that student loans should be forgiven? Uh, I think a portion of it should be forgiven. Yeah. I don't think all of it should be forgiven. And that's saying something considering I have 35000 mm-hmm. Um, But I think a percentage of it should be forgiven, um, if that makes sense. Yeah. Do you think it like a percentage for everyone or like certain types of loans or like certain type of people like I mean right now you have it the ability of if you work in a, a nonprofit or as a teacher or something after 10 years you can 
apply for forgiveness do you mean like that or do you mean a percentage for everyone i think for the economy's sake a percentage for everyone mm-hmm. however i still believe in the those type of forgiveness plans and i think that teachers and social workers and first responders should have the ability for all of their loans to be forgiven because they're doing public service and kind of giving their heart and wearing it on the sleeve yeah so i feel it's only natural that they should be have that opportunity What I don't agree with is how complicated it is for it to happen. Oh, yeah. Because your mom went through one hell of an experience. And our friend Desiree, she works for a nonprofit and has for what, five years now? Yes. Six years? And she's, um, she may say something about this and I apologize, but I feel like she's kind of almost slightly cynical. The fact of, well, yes, she can qualify for a loan forgiveness when she's worked for them for like, 10 years but she doesn't believe that she will ever see that forgiveness come her way well i mean most people don't because here's the thing yes people like that can qualify for this student loan forgiveness i forget the actual name of this forgiveness plan but it's basically for teachers for social workers anybody who works in nonprofits or as first responders they qualify for this after 10 years of being in service i think it's supposed to be 10 years of being for a nonprofit, but because of how technical they get and because of how difficult it is, a lot of people just basically don't even try unless they've been 10 years with the same company. Yep. That is the nonprofit. Um, so my mom, like you said, she kind of struggled with this. Here's the thing. Out of everybody who applies for this, before Biden came to office... One percent, one percent out of everyone who applied was forgiven of their loans, even if they all qualified because they've all been working for nonprofits or in this, that or the other for 10 years, one percent actually saw forgiveness that's like a hundred people apply for the same thing over and over and over again Mm -hmm. and one lucky person is the one who got to be forgiven exactly but in this case you're looking at thousands hundreds of thousands of people are applying for this and a hundred might actually see that forgiveness oh my gosh and i know that people apply for this every single Mm -hmm. year it's a yearly thing you have to apply for oh yeah and well no this is to completely wipe it out so when you apply for it if i you're, know yeah if like, it's forgiven yeah it's done if it's, it's not forgiven yeah you have to wait like another certain amount of time before you can apply again so like there's a time frame of mm-hmm. when you can apply to potentially be that lucky winner that yeah. lottery winner basically and that's disgusting. S- since biden has come into office you know how much more that's increased what we're up to four percent oh my gosh they're 4%? doing such great things you know yeah pisses me off too that so, still doesn't seem like enough no it's not enough none of it's enough i mean i'm kind of like you i don't actually think that it should be forgiven <clears throat> i do think that we need to see a lot of changes made we need reform we need real reform we need Republicans and Democrats to get off their high horse to stop fighting for their own parties and to start fighting for the people of this nation no matter what they believe in or vote for they just need to fight for fight for the people correct because that's what they were hired to do correct um and actually public office yeah actually make change that's going to benefit the society as a whole I mean when I look at everything yeah it would benefit me personally to have student loans forgiven if it's offered i'm not gonna turn it down because i'm not stupid absolutely not (laughs) but i mean ultimately i also know that for those that it can help it would help them again to be able to start businesses to be able to start families you want to talk about how our generation isn't having children part of it we is can't, can't even afford, afford it. to pay our student loans and you think we can afford to bring a child into this world uh do you not realize because i thought about it whenever there was talk there's rumblings of the government potentially forgiving um some people's student loans if they met a certain household income 
threshold, which mm-hmm. I personally was perfectly fine with because even it being income based for yeah. the forgiveness still gives a certain threshold of, you know, if it's feasible to like live on and like try and help the like lower middle class be able to like genuinely be able to afford stuff and my household definitely qualified for that threshold to be underneath i looked and i seriously was like oh my gosh to just have twenty thousand dollars of my student loans for again i was like i can pay the 15 yeah i can i can pay the 15 i'm not going to complain about the 15 that is something i can work with like i can pay the 15 i know i can but it also made me go, I could potentially buy a house. Mm-hmm. I could legitimately try and start a family. Like I could if have. If you're pregnant, you wouldn't have to fear over, am I going to be able to pay this bill I, or I, feed my child? Correct. I really and truly, I wasn't even looking at all of it being forgiven. I wasn't. I was just like, I just need a, a percentage break. of it to be just wiped clean. Yeah. I am willing to pay for half. I am willing to pay for fi- like even like 15 is essentially close to half. Yeah. Like I was willing to cover that because 15 having to pay back 15 over however long it takes me to pay it back versus trying to pay back 35 at potentially $350 a month with a zero cap on the interest rate. Yeah. That just sounds impossible and i I mean and it is for most people yeah i mean you look at my mom's debt she only had actually i want to say like sixty five thousand dollars in debt but because there's no cap on the interest and because the interest is predatory so when you look at teenagers applying for these for these loans while it's supposed to average like six to seven percent for an interest rate on a loan because these are kids that have no credit history. They have no idea how loans work. They have never had to pay anything back before. They get predatory loans, which have interest at 16%, at 27%. And then you hike all that up. My mom had over $360,000 in debt. That's a house. Only 65 of that was her actual loans. Well, That's a hundred grand more than she paid for her house. That's just wild. That and was impossible to pay back. I'll also say another way that they make it predatory. I don't know if you've ever actually like gone to the website, but they break. They don't combine your student debt. No, they don't. It is Everything broken is up. individual. It is individually broken up. So you could have a line that's $5,000 for a loan with like a 4% interest mm-hmm. rate. And then your next line could easily be 3000 in student loan. And that one might be eight percent yep and that's how they get and you it can literally be broken down from like a hundred and twenty dollars for this loan that has 16 percent correct to a nine thousand dollar loan that has three percent correct it's ridiculous and it's kind and of it's so confusing to an 18 year old who doesn't understand i mean i'll i'll admit i am one of those stupid teenagers i will use myself as a cautionary tale please do i <laughs> I didn't have to have student debt. And even if I did choose to have student debt, it really should not be as much as it is. Yeah. I'm a complete total idiot who literally was a teenager who went, oh, free money that I'll pay back in the future. And I don't have to worry about it for the four or five years that I'm going to be in college. Duh. Of course, I'm going to take it all. I didn't. None of it was explained. Reason I have student loan debt and why I shouldn't have it is my dad was part of the military. He was a Marine. And with that being a Marine, when 9-11 happened, there were some reforms that were done. In the military, if you join the military, you can benefit from free college and your family can also do the same. So there's a thing called the Hazelwood Act. Mm -hmm. My dad sat on that baby, sat on that baby. Originally, the game plan was those hours would be divided up equally between me and my brothers. Well, surprise, surprise, Travis, military, don't have to worry about him. So then it was going to be divided up between me and Seth. Well, when I was in college, the government went, we need to put a timestamp on this so people don't sit on this and don't use it at all. And so that timestamp was you had X amount of years once you left the military to use these hours up. That's ridiculous. Or you would lose them. And I don't know if it 
passed but my dad mentioned it to me yeah. that that was in the talks so he just kind of told me just, just use go for it. just use all of the hours it's perfectly fine so i technically and i didn't live on campus i lived with my husband because his mom was nice enough to let me live with her um so i wasn't having to pay for rent i wasn't didn't yeah have a car loan i didn't have any car notes i was given a car because i was lucky enough to get a a few hand me down vehicles that were older great um the only thing i really had to worry about truly to worry about were my books yeah and after i discovered chegg those books didn't cost me more than two three hundred dollars a semester yeah and I'm still an idiot who accepted the free money because when I go, oh, you're approved for $6,000 a semester? Yeah. Yeah. What, but what I mean, 18, 19, 20-year-old is not going to see that? And think that it's free money. And go, absolutely. Well, I mean, and that's kind of my thing is like, you don't need to forgive my loans, but you need to start fixing this system so yeah. that way these teenagers are not ending up with these predatory loans because this is exactly what we saw in the 2008 housing market crash. It crashed because of predatory loans because banks went after people who didn't know any better, hiked them up on these balloon loans that were not going to work for them. And what happened? Nobody could pay them back. And that's the exact same thing that we see happening with student loans. But because it's from the government, not only are, you know, not only is it okay not only are they not allowed to be forgiven, but we're not even legally allowed to file bankruptcy on them. Like there's no way of getting there out. There is no from way of them. getting out from underneath it. And that's not taught to the students. I'm like, so fine. You don't need to forgive my student loans, but you need to provide financial literacy to these children that you are giving loans to. Because I guarantee you, if a bank were to be as predatory as these colleges are with their students, it would be shut down immediately. Mm -hmm. But again, because it benefits the government, it's perfectly fine. No, yeah. That's not okay. I'm not a huge fan of it. And for any of those out there who want to go, well, why didn't you apply for scholarships? I applied for every single scholarship. There's so many scholarships out there. That I looked like I qualified for. And I never, I got one and it was for $500. Yeah. I mean, what people Woo. don't realize is, well, why don't you just, you know, ask about a scholarship? We do. I applied for... I cannot even tell you how many scholarships. Um, and my mom is a teacher and she tells her students this all the time. Apply for scholarships. Apply for scholarships. She had one student that was very lucky. She applied for, I kid you not, probably a thousand scholarships. Mm -hmm. And out of that thousand, she heard back from a handful. And that paid for a good chunk of her, of her schooling. However, she applied for a thousand to yeah. pay for a... A, a chunk of her college that did not pay for all of it so scholarships are difficult and they're difficult they're nearly impossible to hear back from yes technically you could work and go to college that is a feasible plan mm -hmm. however i will play the devil's advocate if not everyone has the mental capacity and the thing is is you either need to take it slow and spend a lot of working hours going to be able to cover college or you can't work a whole lot of hours if you're wanting to get through school quickly because it takes up a lot of mental yeah. energy. And if you're someone who's neurodivergent or you have a learning disability and it's a struggle, that's also just as hard. At one point, I can say, at one point, I held three jobs yeah. one semester. Same. I, at and one I point, almost failed one of my major courses that I couldn't afford to fail. I barely passed that semester working three jobs. And my choice was I would rather get through college quickly and in a timely manner than to try and barely survive work-wise. So I ended up dropping two of the jobs. I mean, I was the exact same way. I had one semester where I was taking 18 hours. I was working as many, I worked on campus, so I was a student employees. And if you're a student employees, you are only allowed to work like 20 or 25 hours a it week. It is only 20 hours yeah. because that is the bare minimum. And they most, most of the time don't pay you more than 7.25. No. It's like I was paid 7.25 an hour. Absolute 
bare minimum that they can get away with paying you legally mm-hmm. is what you get as a student So that's worker. what I did. I was working 20 hours a week, getting paid bare minimum. I was taking 18 hours in classes. I was involved in two separate organizations that I held leadership roles in. And I lasted two weeks into school before I had an actual mental breakdown. And I was like, I, I've got to drop. I had to drop like three of my classes. I dropped almost all of my extra, excuse me, almost all of my extracurriculars to where I was literally just taking like 13 hours, 12 hours of classes and working my job that I absolutely needed. I absolutely had to have. That would not have paid for my schooling. Nope. Now, I I do know some people um, that they saved as they grew up. So by the time that they graduated college they had about 10 15 grand in the bank to be able to start paying for college that gets okay. you one year that gets you one year um <laughs> and that's, and that's if you're at the, a cheap college yeah i was gonna say and that's at a cheap college there are some places that one year cost 30 grand yep and you know so they took college really slowly they worked throughout college and that was great they found a way to make it work for them i want to say it took them a lot longer, probably six, seven years to graduate from college, but they did it. Yeah. And, you know, they did it, as far as I know, mostly debt-free. But you know what else they had? They had family support. These are people that lived with their families throughout all of college. So they didn't have to pay for rent. They didn't have to pay for car notes because they had hand-me-down cars. They didn't have to pay for bills. They didn't have to pay for groceries or food. They literally just went to work, did all this. Do you know how many people actually have that level of support? Not too many. Um, And I wasn't even allowed to work in high school. Yeah, I wasn't. I was told that education was my job. I was told the exact same. Um, So I was never allowed to work in high school, even though I desperately wanted to. I wanted to try and help support the family. I wanted to be able Mm -hmm. to have my own money that I could put off to the side. Same. But again, I was told that uh, education was my job. Um, doesn't translate well into college and then wasn't really taught anything of what to expect, which is shocking, which honestly, not shocking. I should not be surprised considering that my grandmother and my mother are both like repeat college students. And so I don't think they've ever actually paid towards their student loans. They just instead of paying, they just go back to school. Yeah, pretty much. Because that's, yeah. that's how you, that's a loophole if you want to like. My mom did the same thing. <laughs> sometimes you just go back to college to not pay student loans because you, when you're in college, you don't, you don't have, to have to pay. But as soon as you're out of college for X amount of time, you then go back and to pay. And also the, uh, when you're actually in class is the only time that your interest is not accruing. When it was frozen for COVID, that interest was still accruing. When you take forbearance, so that way you don't have to pay for it, or like you do, you make it to where you don't have a monthly payment, your interest still accrues. Well, it can keep accruing, and you know what? I'll probably die with that debt, so. No, same thing, so. (laughs) But I mean, I think we're both kind of to the same point of, we understand that logically, the full forgiveness of student loans, not only is it not necessarily probably feasible, but it's not really fair to those that didn't go to college. It's not Correct. really fair that to those that did go to college and did do it, you know, in a way that they paid for it themselves. Yeah. So we understand, you know, fairness and all of that. But also at at a certain point, something's got to break. Yeah. The system right now is incredibly broken. Yeah. And we need to find a way to fix that. Otherwise, we are going to face a moment where nobody's going to pay back these loans, whether they're forgiven or not. And that's going to have a harder impact on our economy than if they were just forgiven outright. I mean, I'm going to be honest. I think I'm going to join the other some of our other friends. <laughs> um the I'm not paying club. <laughs> yeah, I think I might join the I'm not paying club because the thing is, is I would much rather be able to be I would much rather pay my rent or try and buy a house and pay my mortgage and have a roof over my head than having to pay back a student loan debt that will probably never, ever disappear unless something happens. And honestly, if it takes, you know, 10% of the people to only pay back out of the so many 
I mean, I don't mind joining the movement. Maybe, maybe that's what needs to happen. Is enough people need to go. Enough is enough. We were able to survive without making payments for three years. Clearly, there needs to be an adjustment of some kind. I don't know what that would look like, or what all it entails, or impacts, or all of the trickling waterfall effects what i can tell you as a person who's at the bottom and who's part of the rocks that's constantly Mm -hmm. getting slammed i would like to have a life and not get judged because i haven't started a family and not get judged because i don't have a house and i don't want to have to be like well it's because my student loans yeah i can't afford them and then gets even more comments of like well why'd you go to college why didn't you pay it early and i'm like you don't know my circumstances There's so much judgment from the society. My circumstances have made it (laughs) difficult, man. I mean, ultimately, no matter what, the economy is about to be affected. If you forgive the loans, it's going to hike up interest rates. It's going to hike up inflation. Guess what? Inflation is already being hiked. Interest rates are already being hiked. So that makes it almost impossible for us to pay anyway. So if we just don't pay, it's going to cause a bubble to pop like it did back in 08. And guess what? We're back to another form of a recession. But no matter what, interest rates are going to rise. Inflation is going to rise. At this point, we might as well make a point of it and be like, hey, look, you need to make a serious change here because no matter what, these are not getting paid. Yeah, so we hope you enjoyed this episode of The Unstable Brew. If you are someone you know needs relief from student loans or if you believe you may be eligible for student loan forgiveness, we will be providing some helpful links on our Facebook and Instagram pages this weekend. Ultimately, whether or not student loans are ever forgiven, we hope you're able to live your life to the fullest. And if any of our listeners would like to share their experience with student loan frustration or even forgiveness, please email us at theunstablebrew at gmail.com. We promise to read all the emails and share any that may fit into a future episode. Also, if you would like to share a story but remain anonymous, simply let us know and we will be sure to honor your request. If you would ever like to share with us a story simply to share it, but not have it shared on a future episode, please feel free to do that as well. Simply let us know that the email is for venting purposes only and not to be shared on the show. We will respect your request because boundaries matter, people. You always say that with such aggression. Well, because I'm trying to make a point. I know, but I love it. It's That's what I'm here for. <laughs> if you would like to follow us on social media, we are available on Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook under The Unstable Brew. We will often be posting promo videos and extra fun content on these platforms. And remember, we are available for your listening pleasure or, or displeasure on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Please like, share, and download to your heart's content. And don't forget to comment. We would love to see comments i keep forgetting to add that (laughs) please please tell us you love us we just want to hear from you please (laughs) and we will be back next time with more unstable content bye